Hey there, Pammy. Hi, Brooke. We're here to remind everybody that this is part two. Yes. I hope you enjoyed part one. I loved it. And if you didn't, hit pause and go back to episode 129 because you do not want to miss all those details. No. no so no, good. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean crazy I learned so much yes I learned a lot and honestly just learning the name of her cat was enough for me (laughs) (laughs) Um, but before we get into the episode we mentioned last week that we had some more fun things for you guys yes we're ready to share spill the beans (laughs) so Brooke and I have uh, decided that we want to hear from you our listeners so we want to do a contest where uh, listeners have a chance to actually be a guest on our podcast. Yes. So we've been hearing from you guys sometimes anonymously and sometimes just directly, (laughs) Um, you know, but we thought it'd be really fun if we had, I don't know, one, maybe two, we'll see, guests on that were actually listeners because you guys have lived through through some stuff. Yes. So um, in doing this, please know that you're no longer going to be anonymous because you're going to be saying your name right. and where you're from and all that stuff. So if you want to remain anonymous, we totally respect <laughs> that. That's what the Tell Us Your Secret tab is for on our website. We totally get it. We- yes. But if you would like to share your wedding story, if you are in the process of getting married, please mm-hmm. submit. If you just got married, if you have a crazy wedding story, like if you think you qualify, send it our way. Yep. Pammy, how do people submit to this? So the way to uh, submit yourself for this is to send us an email with the subject line, I want to be a guest. I want to be a guest. Yes. It has to be in the subject line or it will get lost in the <laughs> muck of all the random things we get throughout the day on the email. Yes. Specifically subject line, I want to be a guest. And then give us a little bit about your wedding and what makes it fun, special, crazy, anything. Give us a quick snapshot of your wedding story. Like, what would you talk about with us on the podcast? Yes. And then, um, and, and by the way, just throwing it out there, we're going to get a lot. So there's no way we're going to pick everybody. Just because we don't pick yours doesn't mean we don't love you. I don't want this turning into people being mad at us, Pam. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of love. A lot of love. I think it'll be fun. I'm dying to know more about some of these people's weddings. Yes. And if it goes great, I'm sure we'll do it again. So let's keep it going. We're very nosy. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, again, if you want to be a part of this, um, uh, email your submission to our regular email address, weddingprofessionals at gmail.com. Subject line should be, I want to be a guest. Then within the body of it, Tell us your information. Also, keep in mind, guys, you have to tell us your name. You have to give us a way to reach you because we're going to be, you know, in contact. So this is no longer anonymous. Just keep in mind, though, we can't keep this open forever. So get your emails in by the end of July and we'll be picking. Yes, we'll remind you um, the next couple episodes. But yeah, the the submissions will will close them at the end of July. Yep. So you have a couple weeks to clickety clack all your drama. (laughs) And just a reminder, too, before we get into this episode, that um, because this is part two of three, Pam and I are going to hop in again at the end to give you some bridal breaks. Yep. Won't leave you hanging. Okay, let's get to part two. All right. Something borrowed, something blue. Give us all your juicy news, sensational, irrational. It's Wedding Confessional. 
So I am dying to know how we went through that marathon experience. You get to work on Monday. You're exhausted. What then makes you think, I want to do this professionally? (laughs) So, um... My, uh, I like that. I feel like that summer, like, you know, it was more like summer had just started that summer. I, this is last summer. I had like nothing to do. I was like bored out of my mind. Like I would just, I, I just feel like I had just so like this, this like giant gap in my heart. I was like, what do I do? Like I was just having like the wedding withdrawals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, real. <laughs> and I, I do feel like during my wedding planning process, first of all, like I'm an only child. So I just like, even though I had a a great team of vendors and like a really, you know, supportive family, a really supportive fiance. Like I just felt really alone. Um, and I think a lot of brides feel this way and like, you know, it's nice to have someone to talk to. And like, I was like, wow, like I wish I could do something where like I could, you know, provide a relationship to brides where like they can have someone to talk to. And I was like, Oh, I guess the wedding planner does that. <laughs> um, and then I, I also found that you know because I had so much time in COVID I was just able to do so much research about like vendors and things in the area. And I was able to find a lot of ways to like, you know, kind of save money, like work with people, like take a chance on um, kind of a unique vendor and like have it turn out really, really good. And um, kind of develop like a lot of different like techniques and kind of like tips like that. And I was like, I need to do something with all this knowledge. Um, And again, I've just all, even before I got engaged, like I've just always loved weddings. So yeah, it just, it was just like the right time. Like I, had the knowledge from my own wedding, had the knowledge of the vendors because I'm, I, I have my business in the same area where I got married. And then I just had the desire. So when you decided to start doing this, like, how do you get, do you just start telling your friends that you want to do this? How do you get business? Like, how did you get your first client? So I, um, I assisted a couple of other wedding planners. I was very lucky to, you know, get in contact with a, a very large, like luxury wedding planning company here in the Bay Area. And um, that it's like, a, it's a Western wedding planning company. But I was very lucky because at that exact time, when I just like took a shot in the dark to email them, the lead wedding planner was like, Oh, my God, I'm actually planning an Indian wedding. And I like need a lot of help, like understanding all the Indian stuff, because she's not Indian, the bride's not the bride wasn't Indian, no one else, like the groom was Indian, but the bride wasn't Indian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they needed like a lot of support. So it was kind of like perfect timing. Um, and I helped, I helped them with that. Um, and I helped them with like, I did like a, yeah, I just assisted other wedding planners at a couple of other weddings. And then, so when I was the bride, again, I was like crazy and I just <laughs> wanted to talk about my wedding more than any reasonable person in my life would let me. So I joined a bunch of Facebook groups for brides and it was it was amazing it really provided me a lot of like support and advice and then i just ended up finding a lot of clients through them i ended up being on the other side i ended up posting and being like oh i'm actually like a vendor now i'm a wedding coordinator um and found a lot of brides that way that's cool what is your favorite part about being a wedding planner now that you're into it compared to being a bride (laughs) oh compared to being a bride yeah so I actually think my favorite reason is like similar to bring a, being a bride. I like, I, I'm like pretty extroverted and I feel like as the wedding coordinator, after the bride and groom, I feel like I'm like the star of the show. Like I get like the most <laughs> attention, like people are listening to me, people look for me, people clear the way for me when I walk into a room. Like if I start saying something, people are like, what is she talking about? I need to listen. That is important. That is an important person. Um, <laughs> 
And like that's like the feeling I I, I love. I, I was like, well, my day is already over, but I can like still be like such a star at all these other people's weddings. <laughs> <laughs> what issues have you had? Like, don't have to get into t- details, but have you had any like crazy things come up now that you're on the other side and you're dealing with the stressful brides or the stressful families or managing vendors? What crazy stories have you already witnessed? <laughs> Oh, God, I'm trying to think of what I can say on air. I'm like, bite me in the ass later. I know, you're like, wow, I could talk for an hour about things I cannot say. (laughs) Now you understand why it's usually anonymous. (laughs) Right. I think one challenge in South Asian things that the people, we are very late and we are very last minute. Um, So people just want a lot of changes, like very last minute, like in the timeline or, you know, like, oh, we want to we want to give this to everyone or we want to put out this piece of decor and like, I like really try my best to accommodate, but that can be really, really hard. Um, Yeah. So I think just like, and, and everything is very late. Like everything runs late. We are a very late people, but it's okay because guests are also late. The issue is that vendors are not late. So if a vendor says, you know, they're coming at one and leaving at nine, they're still going to do that whether or not you are late or your guests are late. They're still going to come <laughs> at one. Yeah. Maybe you're not there. They're there. And they're going to leave exactly when they're supposed to leave. <laughs> right. um, I feel like that people kind of forget that. Um, a lot of times it'll be like my time to go. And, and they're like, oh, you're leaving already? I'm like, yeah, you were like an hour and a half late this morning, but I need to leave. Like I was here like doing nothing. Like <laughs> <laughs> so now it's my time to leave. Respect um, the timeline, man. Yeah, so uh, I'm very much a stickler about the timeline, but it's very, very hard that Asian weddings where like everyone is like wants to make last minute changes, and they all have good reasons for it. But it's just, I was just like, you know, it's just hard when they don't plan sooner. Um, so yeah, I I just think in general, like I do full service planning and like month like annual like wedding management, and wedding management I I like because it's just less like it's just less time I have to invest into it. But it's hard because I'm just inheriting whatever you've already put together. And sometimes I'll start working with a couple and I'm like, wow, they did not do a good job planning the wedding. But I have to, you know, make lemons, make lemonade out of the lemons <laughs> that I've been yeah. given um, and still have like a really pretty day that, you know, I want to use the con. You know, I'm really motivated to make the wedding perfect because I want that content and I want, you know, that review and stuff like that. So I don't even know what the original question was. It's wow. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> so um, if you have a client, like what things can they do for you to be like the best kind of client? Like what are you looking for to make it as efficient as possible for them to have mm-hmm. the best time, like the best experience possible? Because you're there to help them, but they're going to yeah. need to give something in return. Like what are like your top three things that you're like, please dream ga- dream uh, clients have this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first, and this is just for any vendor, not for me, you should, you need to read your contract. Um, I think the biggest mistake is people don't read their contracts and then they're like, oh, can, can you play the songs? Can you mop up? Can you serve the food? Can, and I'm like, no, I am not your DJ or your bartender or your custodial staff. I am your coordinator and planner. And if you read your contract, you would know that. Um, that is probably the biggest thing people can do. And then just, you know, I think we all have this in our workplace, meetings that could have been an email. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is another big one. (laughs) That is, that is very true. (laughs) Time suck. Yes. Yeah. Think about it. Can you put it in an email? That is a good point. Yeah. Because then you can write the email anytime. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime, man. It's quick. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of one more? Writing a review. I feel like I have great relationship with my couples, but after the wedding is over, it's really, really, it's just hard to stay in touch. So don't forget to write that review. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. On on Yelp. On, um, is Yelp the best place for you or is there yeah. a specific places you like too? I have a Google business page. I don't have a Yelp page. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Google business page. That's a good thing. Yeah. Know exactly what would help them the most. And I guess it's not even tacky just to ask like, hey, where do you want me to put that review? Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I, yeah, I will say like, I would say at the base, I think all of my clients have been good people and all of the weddings have been beautiful. So can't, can't complain too much there. That's cool. We, you and I discussed previously, um, there are unique ways specifically if you're trying to plan an Indian wedding in America, like what are the ways that you can, um, kind of get a bang for your buck when somebody is on a budget, maybe there's, you know, we're trying to figure out how to save money. What are Mm -hmm. some things or expectations you should be taking into account when planning? These are elaborate events. You know what I mean? So like, if you don't have the budgets, where can you cut? What can you do? What do you think is the the best idea? Totally. Cut down on the number of your events and meals. I think what's traditional, like to have all these events and to have, you know, you're serving breakfast and lunch at every single event. You don't have, that is like the number one way to cut down is cut down number of events and cut down number of meals you're serving. Um, for one of my events, we ordered pizza. It is okay. People like eating that. Um, <laughs> so just, sim- just simplify food, just simplify food, I would say as much as possible. Yes, you do need to have an appetizer entree and dessert, but I mean, one of my, one of my guests served like Costco cookies and people love, I mean, people love them. Like they're very good. I love um, a Costco cookie. They're so good. Also I Costco pizza. A- Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to have a Costco theme event? You can do it. Perfect. <laughs> and I've, I've seen really nice ways where couples have combined some of their events together. You can have, you don't need a different day and different decor for all of these events. I actually, for all of the events at my house, I had the same decorations. We used it every single day and my photos are, have the same decor every day. It's just too expensive to have it like a different aesthetic for each event. Um, yeah. I would also say be very realistic about how much photography and, and or videography you need. Um, think about what, what, like think about the usage of your, of your, um, you know, your wedding photos, you're going to post them on social media. You're going to put up a few pictures in your house and you're going to make an album of like a hundred of them. So think about really how many hours of photo and video do you need to like achieve that goal? I have never watched my, my wedding videos. We have six hours worth of footage. I've watched the like the same day edit a thousand times, but I've never watched the videos. I can't even, I don't even know when I, when I, I mean, so just, be, when, when it comes to photo video and really, really think about how are you going to be incorporating these into your life once you're already married? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's another, yeah. One thing also um, I'd like you to kind of elaborate on because we talked about it briefly before we were recording is the idea of if you are having your wedding in the U.S., the expectations of what you can get compared to if you were actually getting married in India. Totally. So uh, this is a lot. Uh, this is a lot of where the food part factors into. In India, you can serve. They serve literally. There's there's all like fifty different kind of dishes at one meal, and that is like a very normal thing to do. You just can't do that here. The the food the food expectations are very. You have to really temper 
when you're here in the U.S. versus in India. Um, so that is like a good place to start. The second thing that's very different in India is the like florals and decor. I mean, it's actually cheaper to use fake flowers, um, to use real flowers and fake flowers in India, just because there's such an abundance of everything. Whereas here, it, it's just, it just can add up so, so quickly. Um, and in India, it's a split market. You know, India is like, they have the most weddings probably of anywhere. They have thousands of different vendors in each category you can choose from. We're here, you know, Indian wedding vendors in one area, we're a niche. There's not that many of us, you know, you kind of have to work with we, what we are and for some, in some vendor categories, they can really raise the price as much as they want. They know there's not a lot of people offering that service. Um, so just being aware of that. And also, again, like shop, shop in, in, like go directly to the source when you can. If you can, if you have relatives coming over, if you're going over there, try to bring back as much stuff as you can. You know, don't, don't buy one outfit there and then buy one outfit here. Try to do everything as efficiently as possible. That's a good point. And you mentioned also um, about the idea of like, you see pictures of magazines on Instagram and you get kind of envious. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So, um, you know, here in the US, we all love Bollywood. We all love our like big, in, you know, we have an Indian version of the knot and wedding wire and wedding chicks. There is an Indian version of all of that. There's um, there's some of the big accounts. There's um, Wed Me Good. There's Maharani. These are all like really big Indian wedding accounts. Um, most of them, though, are based in India. And again, the magnitude of what you can do is just not to scale. I mean, you just can't scale that here. So I would say it, it is a good place to look for inspiration because trends in, in, in India happen before trends here. So it, it's cool. To, if you want to stay ahead of the trends and that's like your thing, then definitely like keep following those accounts for inspiration. Um, but you have to really temper like expectations versus reality. It's just not going to be the same as you could do it there. Yeah. And that's just like a very, very, very hard truth to accept. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. What are there any cool trends going on right now? What are you into? What's new and popping? What's cool with the so kids? The <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the trends I've seen right now is, um, as I mentioned, there's like two like kind of bigger events that happen at home. One of them is like your henna night. One of them is like called the haldi where they apply turmeric paste to you. Traditionally, the haldi ceremony, the turmeric paste ceremony is kind of small and it's like just your intimate family and they just do it. Like it's just the bride has his own, the, the bride has her own, the groom has his own. Now the trend is to make that event actually really, really big. So now couples are doing it together, which is gorgeous because, you know, they're getting, to, they're getting it together. They're putting it on each other. It's very, very cute. And they're turning it into like a very, very big event. Whereas I've seen that when brides are getting their henna done, they don't want a big event. They want to be comfortable. They want to be in their shorts because they're going to be sitting all day. Mm -hmm. Um, they want to be, you know, they want to chill. It's a very, very stressful day. So I'm kind of seeing couples moving, like brides moving away from like really big henna parties and moving more towards really like having their like turmeric ceremony be like the, a very big pre-wedding event. That's I'm also seeing yeah. Like that. Yeah, I'm also seeing a lot less engagement parties. So we we had like a traditional Indian, like a big Indian engagement party. I'm not seeing that anymore. People real people want to funnel all of their wedding funds into the main wedding day they don't want to like I feel like I really wanted to have like all the events and because I just like wanted to have a lot of outfits to wear <laughs> but, <laughs> but people people don't want that people want to just make the main event like outstanding as much as possible and they're that I think the trend of having so many events um is something that we are really moving away from interesting I like it now I know what's cool 
<laughs> that is just my opinion. <laughs> you're the yeah. source, man. I, listen, the amount of magazines that you have consumed, there's no way that you're not on top of all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when when you're venue shopping for your Indian wedding, like I feel like it's hard for anyone because you know there's such a big selection. You want to choose everything. You know, you want to be in the barn. You want to be by the ocean. You want to have a view. You want to be outdoors. You want to be indoors. What's harder with Indian weddings is that you have to pick your date based on the alignment of the planets and the stars according to the Hindu calendar. That's right. I was reading um, about this. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so we call this an auspicious date. The word is a muhurat. So you can, you can't just get married whenever you feel like it. You have the priest has to you have to go to a priest and say, "Okay, like what are the best dates to get married this year?" And the priest will give you a list of dates and sometimes they're weekdays, sometimes they're Sundays. The priest does not care about you getting married on a Saturday in like the big ballroom that you want. Um, And then you have to plan your wedding around the auspicious date. And if you get married in a date that's not auspicious, nothing will happen in reality. But everyone, but like, you know, the thought is like, you know, it, it, it's, it's unlucky. And then anything that happens in your marriage, I'll be like, oh, well, you got married on an unlucky day. Duh. Um, so it's the stakes are very, very high with these auspicious dates. And um, in, like in India, there's like wedding, there's like wedding seasons. And it's not based on the weather like it is here because it's always warm there. It's based on like when the dates are all auspicious. So like, it, and it's different in different communities. So like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say like, oh, this month is bad. and like offend someone. But for example, <laughs> For example, in my family, all the auspicious dates are like the like June is a very auspicious month. December is a very auspicious month. Um, you can't and you can't have it near a major holiday. So if we have Diwali in October, no weddings in October. It can't be like close to a major holiday. This is like in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of rules around it, and you're very restricted by these auspicious dates. So some things that some couples do to create a loophole is that on the auspicious date they will have their legal marriage on an auspicious date. Like they'll do their court, like their like paperwork, like get their document on the auspicious date. And then they'll have their, their wedding whenever they want, according to like their venue and the weather and stuff like that. So it's just like another layer um, of something to think about when you're planning like a South Asian wedding. (laughs) So how does that work for you? If you had picked a date to begin with and then COVID comes, did you have to find another auspicious date that would work in the future? Yes. We had to consult the priest. Twice. And with COVID, the auspicious dates and stuff have gotten even more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just one thing to consider. Um, another thing I think is really hard with South Asian weddings is because the scale is so big and there's so many like preset religious traditions already. It's very hard to personalize your wedding way more so than a Western wedding because, you know, your families are very involved in the planning. Um and there's just so many religious aspects. But I, I try to suggest for my couples, like, different ways to personalize their wedding. Um, they're really small ways, really expensive ways. Um, for example, with your decor, like, try to incorporate things that mean a lot to you. If there are, like, colors that you really like from, like, a favorite basketball team, put that in. Try to have pictures of yourself. Like, instead of having table numbers, have a framed picture of yourself everywhere. Um, try to bring in your hobbies, like, we had, we brought in like cars and books, like on our display table, stuff like that. Um, I had a lot of like hand painted details, like on my outfits, that, your outfits are a good place where you can have. So in, in, cause in, you know, in any outfits, you can have things stitched in however you want. You can have your name stitched into your cuffs. 
You can have um, bangles encrusted with your initials in them and wear them. Um, you can have your names and your henna when you're having your henna art done. I had a picture of my cat in my henna because Kim Kardashian's everywhere. Yes. Um, shout out to Kim. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Kim. If you have a hobby you really like, like I love Disney. For my reception, I wore a replica of Cinderella's glass slippers and we took some very dramatic shoe photos because like that's just who I am. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love Harry Potter. So I had my bridal suite decorated with a big banner that said from Muggle to Mrs. And I had all four Hogwarts oh, house so underneath it. And we took photos in front of there. So it's there. I feel like there are ways to personalize your wedding um, that you wouldn't think of. And that's definitely where like a wedding planner comes into. I feel like a lot of what I do is being like, well, I, I feel like I'm constantly saying like, well, a lot of couples did this or like, you know, your sister did this or your brother did this. Like, let's do something else and trying to tap into like, what do they actually like versus what are they just doing because it's what everyone else does. And like, it's like the tradition. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. a good point. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So if you're somebody like me who have never been to an Indian wedding, what are some of the things that I need to know so that I don't make a fool of myself? I mean, we're probably going to make fools of ourselves anyway. I mean, but like, give us, yes. a, give us a shot. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you some very, very general guidelines. Cause again, every wedding is unique. Every couple is unique. I'm definitely no expert on every tradition and community in Indian weddings. Um, but I would say a good place to start would be, um, like you can wear black and you can wear white. There's no colors that are off limits. Um, so like, you know, wear any, the color stuff like isn't a big deal. You can really wear any color you want. Um, try, I would say try to err on this. Some people would disagree with me. Hot take. I would say try to try to err on the slightly more conservative side normally I think it's fine nowadays but you just never know who you might be offending where and it's just better to be safe than sorry I would say um I think I think you know save your plunging neckline for like an Oscars party um and save that <laughs> super short clubbing like clubbing like cocktail dress save that for you know your next your next Vegas trip um <laughs> <laughs> and I would say dress formal Indian. I feel like half the time when non-Indian guests come to Indian weddings, they all, they, they all look underdressed. Don't just wear a sun. You can't just wear a sundress. Um, you can't just wear a dress that you would wear to like a nice event at work. You, you have to look, it, it's, it's, it's much more formal than I think you're imagining um, is another good guideline. I think if you, the thing with Indian clothes is if you want to wear, if you have like the desire to make the effort to obtain and wear Indian clothes, you should do it. But it's like, not like you don't need to. I remember from my wedding, people are like, oh my God, do we like have to buy any? I'm like, no, you don't have to. If the bride and the bride and groom aren't going to care what you're wearing. Honestly, let's be real. It's more like, do you want to participate to wear the clothes? And then you mm -hmm. can, if you want, if you don't want to, that's totally fine too. Um, I think in terms of outfits, those are like a good, good guidelines <laughs> to abide by. And right. don't show up early. That's what we oh my gosh! Early. Yeah, do not, do not show up. Do not show up early. Don't. I would say the earliest you should show up is maybe fifteen to twenty minutes after the invitation time. Really? Okay. I would screw that up. Even then, be even then you're me. gonna be like one of the. Even then, you'll be like one of the first people there. <laughs> and come, come, come hungry. Yeah. Because there, you're, there's gonna be a lot of food. You're gonna want to try all of it. Um know your spice level. Some of this food might be very spicy. 
have a point person that you can ask, is this spicy or not? <laughs> that will help you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Also gifts. Can you bring gifts on the day of? Is that cool? You should not bring gifts. Um, we all about that dough. Write a check. That's what want. Do not bring a gift. Interesting. No, no registries or anything. So people do have, again, this is huge generalization. People do have registries nowadays just because, again, we're American. This is what our weddings have fused into. Mm -hmm. But I personally, you should write a check. Even if you, even if people register for cash, their registry will take away a percentage. Um, And the best way to gift the couple is to write them a check in Indian weddings for sure. hundred (laughs) percent. All right. Money, honey. Many times. Yeah. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's it is it's so hard to generalize though because um they're just each community is really different. I mean, I've only been doing this a short time and I've done like Ju- like Indian Jewish weddings, Indian Catholic weddings, Indian Christian weddings. I did a non-denominational Indian wedding where they were both very strongly about not being associated with any religion. Um so, and like different parts of India, like have different practices. There's one community that I've done weddings for where the bride changes her sari three times within the ceremony. So she'll do a little prayer. She'll go change. She'll come back. She'll do some more praying. And then she'll go change and come back. So it, it's so, it's like so cool because it's like always a little bit different. <laughs> That's cool. How yeah. do you incorporate a, a Catholic wedding into an Indian wedding? How did that work out? Well, a lot of Indians are Catholic and the Indian Catholic community is the community oh. that exists. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, they, uh, sometimes they, usually what I've seen is they'll still wear sari, mm-hmm. but they'll have a Catholic ceremony. Yeah. Like um, in the church. Not you. I haven't done one. They probably do have them in the church. I haven't done an Indian Catholic wedding in a church so far. Okay. Um, but yeah, they have an officiant and they, it's, but they do, but a lot of times they don't speak English, which is very unique to me because they're Catholic, but they, even their Catholic practices are in like their native tongue, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. So it, it, and a lot, and a lot, all the Catholic weddings I've done had actually been interfaith where like, they're both, the couple is Indian, but one of them is Catholic. One of them is Hindu. So kind of doing that. I've, I've done a lot of wedding days where they do two ceremonies on the same day. And I have a lot of them coming up this year as well. So um, the major ones, you know, I've done Hindu ceremonies, um, Hindu ceremonies, Jewish ceremonies, and then um, did a Muslim ceremony, which was amazing. So it, it's just so cool because there's so many different religions and ways to practice and ways to get married. The one thing that's universal, though, is that like people in India are obsessed with weddings. I mean, this is definitely what <laughs> their entire lives and their mom's entire life and their dad's entire life has been leading up to this moment. And like the, the pressure is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we love that. I know. We're we're we're, we're hooked. here for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey Pammy. Hey Brooke. We're back. <laughs> yes. That was so fun. I know. Oh my gosh. I I want to have a an Indian wedding now. Yeah? Yeah. Lights of colors. I want to go. I want to go. I've never been to one. And yeah. it just like I, I'm I'm in. They're fun. I just it sounds so fun. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. They're a good time. Um, so um, since this is part two of three, we need to give you guys some bridal breaks. Um, for all of our newer listeners, bridal breaks are suggestions we give not only to brides, but to grooms or anyone helping to plan a wedding or a stressed out wedding planner. 
they are suggestions of something to do that has nothing to do with wedding planning. Nothing. And um, Pammy usually does a cocktail. I do some pop culture things and I'm dying to know what drink you have brought to the table today. <laughs> today, I found on spicecravings.com. Okay. Um, this is in in lieu of uh, the theme that we have going. The- yeah, the Southeast Asian weddings and Indian weddings. Yes, yeah. this is a Jaljira mojito, which is an uh, an Indian spiced mojito cocktail, which you can do making it a mocktail if you want. Okay, cool. Um, and it has uh, vodka, club soda, lemon juice, Jaljira masa- masala mix, tamarind chutney um and mint leaves for garnish that sounds fantastic spicy but refreshing Mm -hmm. and i mean i love a a mojito anyways yeah you know me i like a a drink that's like whoo yeah but i like the spices to it so try it out and so in order to make it a mocktail just take out the the vodka add a little extra club soda yes that sounds good yeah yeah i like it what do you got today? Uh, my bridal breaks, uh, I'm going to do two since we don't have a, d- a guest mm-hmm. and they're sort of uh, matched together. I sort of lumped this one together a while back, but I'm just kind of like re-pushing it back up for people to know. Okay. Um, the TV show Ghosts. Yeah. Originally, I talked about it because I had seen the British one mm-hmm. and I had known the American one existed, but it was right in the beginning. It had just started airing on CBS. So now season one of, of Ghosts on um, uh CBS has aired completely. So it's now like marathonable on Paramount Plus. So if you're a Paramount Plus person, you can just blast through the whole season. Because in the beginning, I was like, I don't really know if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be a lot like the British one, if I'm going to like it as well. Because, you know, sometimes the transfers over doesn't work. Doesn't, yeah. But other times you have shows like The Office where it like, oh, it really does. Yeah, yeah. This really does. Really? Yes. Oh, nice. And like, I think at this point, I think we're kind of in like the Emmy nomination period, but I think it's going to be up for some awards. Like wow, yeah, and that it, like good. and the ratings are good. Like this show is coming back. Like it's a good show and it's sweet. But oh. they have kind of some different characters. So I, I like that like some of the storylines are the same and it lines up, but they also kind of have an American spin on it, which mm-hmm. is very cool. So I don't give too much away, but I really it's like a good cozy show. And again, it's like a sitcom, so it's like only twenty two minutes. Right. And you can just blast through them pretty quickly. So like I can marathon it pretty quickly. So anyway, I know that I think maybe CBS.com might have it available on like stream, like, you know, on your computer or whatever. But mm-hmm. I know specifically Paramount Plus has it streaming the full, all of the episodes. So my second bridal break mm-hmm. is related to that. There is an actress from the show named Danielle Panock. She plays Alberta. Alberta is like this, like she sings a lot. She's like this former jazz singer. She's one of the ghosts. Mm -hmm. And Danielle has this amazing voice. And she's also hilarious. Like she's so fucking funny. Her Instagram, which is the second bridal break, Mm -hmm. is at Body Courage. And she's really into like loving yourself at all sizes. That's kind of like one of the big things that she's really a proponent for. Mm -hmm. And she, I mean... You go watch her Instagram stories and she like is trying to get ready. She's like, I woke up. I got a meeting in 40 minutes. Get ready with me. And you get to see her like try to figure out makeup even though <laughs> she doesn't really know what she's doing. And like makes it out the door. And she's like, I made it, guys. Like it's so silly and sweet. But also just her posts and her reels. She just has like this ongoing series of a couple silly things of like she'll just find a pop song she likes and just like sing the hell out of it. Nice. But she doesn't know half of the lyrics. <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah, and she's like, you'd be like yelling <laughs> off camera to her husband, being like, how does that one go? <laughs> it's 
so good. Anyway, I think she's so funny and sweet, and mm-hmm. she's a wonderful Instagram follow. So uh, give, give it up for Ghost and give it up for Danielle. She's so cute. Nice. Yeah, so those are my two bridal breaks. Double. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I, it is a show you can watch your kids. Uh, yeah, it's kid-friendly. I always like to throw that out there for Pam and all the other moms. Yes. Um. So we're done with the bridal breaks. We are. You know what we're going to do now? <laughs> we got to test Pammy about her wedding confessionals knowledge. Ooh, I got songs. I got <laughs> beats today, Pammy. You are feeling the music. I got the flow. <laughs> I've got a pencil instead of a pen today. We're mixing it up. No clickety clack. No clickety clack. Just going to lightly screw it. It's one of those like plastic ones. I don't even know where the hell I got. This must be my husband's. I would never. <laughs> do you do, you do pencil? I just do Mm-mm. old school pencils. Yeah. Like the time with like a sharpener and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He has these weird. Mechanical like, pencils. Yeah. This mechanical. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Sorry, guys. I'm team. I'm team wooden. <laughs> team wood. <laughs> team wood, y'all. All the way. It sounds really gross. And <laughs> it's fine. You know what? Take it, take it if you want. We're sex positive. Anyway. <laughs> so um, this is a quiz I give Pam so that the listeners can learn more about the show. Um, Pammy, uh, what is our website? Weddingconfessionals.com. And from there, you can find all the links to our social media. Where are we on social media? Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes. Also on our website, you can find links to our, uh, you can click to see our show notes. So all the details about the show, it's under technically, it's under episode guide, but you can find the information if we mention any sort of vendors or any sort of fun things, all of our brighter breaks, it will be on there. Um, you guys, you have to send us your confessionals. We're obsessed. <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite part of the day. When I go and get to read through the confession, anytime an alert comes up, I'm I'm annoyed if there's an alert that comes up because you know they ping ping throughout the day. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a place where I can't read it in that very moment, I'm like, oh, I just want to know the gossip immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a couple different ways that you can send us your confessionals. They're always anonymous. Mm-hmm. We will not reveal who you are. Nope. One way is to send us an email. What is our email address? Weddingconfessionals at gmail.com. Yes. Um. Also, you can send us. Uh. You can call us. And leave a voicemail. Um, we have a phone number. We do. To do that. We will not use your voice. Nope. Just transcribe. What is the phone number? 434-933-2663. She's a pro. Besides that, you can go to our website and click on the tab that says... Tell us your secret. Yes. From there is a simple form. Top one, you just put in your name or some sassy quote of whatever kind you want. Yeah. And the second one, you put... Confessional. Spill it. Tell Pam everything. Let us have it. Let her know. Yep. <laughs> we would also like for you to give us five stars on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Double duty now. Yes. Yes. So if you're a Spotify listener, yeah. g- give us the five stars. And if you're a Spotify listener, you can be lazy. You don't have to write a description of why you like <laughs> us. You can Five stars is all we need. That's it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, feel free to tell us something nice. <laughs> something fun. Yeah. So besides Apple Podcasts, Pammy, we are on a bunch of different podcast providers. Mm-hmm. I like to quiz you in alphabetical order what they are. Mm-hmm. At this point, just for like, I don't even know if this is absolutely necessary for the listeners. But now it's just <laughs> a fun little test that I have for us. And for us, I mean, mostly for you. me to torture you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. This is we the, all know who this listen, is for. I need to amuse myself in new and creative <laughs> ways, and this is one of them. Um, so, besides Apple Podcast, there are two that start with the letter A. What are they? Amazon and Audible. One with the letter C. Two. Castbox and oh, Castro. Oh, two. I'm so sorry. Castbox and Castro. Gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm messing up the quiz. Strike one for me. Woohoo! Um, two with the letter D. 
Deezer and Downcast. One with G. Google. One with I. iHeartRadio. One with O. Overcast. One with L. Listen Notes. K Pam. Eight. Let's start with P. Start your engines. Vroom vroom. Pocket Cast. Yes. Um, Player FM. Yes. Podbean. Yes. Podcast Addict. Podcast Republic. Um, uh, Pod Tail. Pod Paradise. Pod. There's one more. Why am I always blanking on the last one? It's a different one every time. I know. It is. It is. Um, you can say them again if you need to, just to get it out there. <laughs> did I say Podbean? You did. Okay. One um, more. Paradise, Tail, Pockets, uh, uh, Player FM. It's another pod, right? Pod, Podcast Attic, Podcast Republic, Podcast... I don't know, the face that you're making at me right now. I'm like, my eyes are so big. I'm like trying to send it to you. <laughs> through. Is it ESP? Is that what that is? Where you're like mind yes. reading? I'm like, mm. I don't have it. Podcast land. Land. Because <laughs> it's between podcast addict, podcast land, podcast republic, and you usually say them in order. I do. But these last couple ones, you keep skipping land. Mm. You keep going podcast addict, podcast republic. And I'm always like, land, land. <laughs> Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, and using your lovely voices via Alexa and Siri, just say, play the Wedding Confessionals podcast. Pammy, you did it. <laughs> you're getting so, we are on the cusp. So close. I promise you, July, you're going to do it. It's going to be my month. It's going to be July. I was going to say it's going to be May, <laughs> but it's July. <laughs> I believe you, July is the month of the Pam. <laughs> <laughs> so even though this is part two, we're mm-hmm. not going to say next week is going to be confessionals because we're taking a week off. We are. It's 4th of July. We're going to take a little break. Well, everyone needs a vacay. Yeah. We'll stretch out in the sun. Maybe Pam's going to go on an RV trip. Who knows? Probably. <laughs> so we will be back for part three. So the Confessions with Rushi, and that will be coming out on July 12th. Yes. So we're going to take a break. Well, that's our own bridal break is taking a week off. Yes. <laughs> we're giving ourselves a little bridal break and then we'll be back with confessionals. Yes. So um, happy 4th of July Independence Day to all of our American listeners. And for everyone else, hope you enjoy a little summer break and we will see you back on July 12th. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Andy Schreier for our adorable theme song. And David Kantrowitz for our fantastic logo and Ramsey Millette and Brian Maylard for their technical support. If you want to learn more about our show, where you got to go, Pam? Check out our website, weddingconfessionals.com. That's it, girl. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.